is going on everybody the week five edition of the nfl flow chart show on the sports gambling podcast network is brought to you by underdog fantasy underdog has just added pick them scorchers where you can win decks. that's right five into 500 in one game plus every sunday they're giving away a hundred thousand dollars use promo code sgpn at underdog fantasy for a hundred percent deposit bonus up to five hundred dollars all right what's going on everybody welcome back i did have to unfortunately miss week five or week four uh but we are back here in week five ready to rock and roll i uh, had a busy week last week uh, we had our baby shower or, uh, the, the new baby that's on the way and new baby girl that's on the way in December and uh, had a lot of family in town, had a lot of things going on, so could not get into the action on the flowchart. But do not fear, we have a great one set up here for week five. Uh, and I think, uh, I think week five is a fun week, right? It's our first week with buys. We've got uh, four teams on buy, and then we've also got four games that are not on the main slate. So uh, if you count that London game as well uh, tomorrow morning. And so, you know, it's a it's a 10-game slate, which is, uh, you know, in the small-ish range, I will say, um, for most of what we'll see this season. And I think this is where we really start wanting to try to lean into the edge a little bit. Um, the player pool is condensed, uh, and we want to try to pick through and parse through where our, um, you know, solid spots are going to be this week. So. I will start by sharing uh, the uh, cash game flowchart for week five. Uh, and I think it's actually a really interesting cash week. Um, I think there's a couple different ways that you can go with it. Um, but the, the the couple pathways that I have work out really cleanly and are basically come down to two different decision points. Um, so we'll talk through these and I'll, 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 we'll start with the cash game core. Um, and this week, it's basically two running backs uh, in David Montgomery and Devon A. Shane. Uh, H. H. Han, I think is how you actually pronounce that. Uh, De Devon A. Chan, uh, who are in the 6,000, mid 6,000 range. David Montgomery, 6,600, and A. Chan is 6,100 for the Dolphins. Um, you know, I think Achan is a little bit of an interesting play in cash because he's not typically the kind of running back that we want to play in cash. He's just been a crazy efficient this year and crazy explosive on this Dolphins offense. But, I mean, they didn't really price him up too much, and it's hard not to project him well after the last few weeks um, and, and seeing what he's been able to do in this offense. And so... Uh, I think it's just kind of a close your eyes and play it move and just hope that a lot of the field does the same uh, and you're not really, um, you know, having to sweat that decision too much. Uh, David Montgomery, I think, is a much safer bet, and that's that's a typical cash game play, I would say, where we know with Amonra St. Brown likely to be out. I think he, as of yesterday, he was doubtful, but things haven't been necessarily trending in the right direction. So I think David Montgomery is going to get, I mean, he's probably going to get 25 carries this week. Um, and we know how much they love to use him in the 
goal line packages as well. And so I wouldn't be surprised if he lands himself a touchdown or two. So I think he's a really, really solid cash game play. I wouldn't really think about getting off of him at all. Uh, Wandale Robinson is the next part of the cash game core uh, at 3000 for the Giants. And he is, um, you know, the min price this week. And I, you know, he's just coming back off of injury. He's only been active for this will be his third game active. Um, and, you know, he's he's he hasn't put up crazy big scores or anything like, like that. But he's been getting a lot of targets on not a lot of snaps. So I think the thought process there is just that he keeps going. Um, he, he keeps getting some more targets, keeps getting uh, some more snaps. And at three thousand dollars, there's not a ton of risk there. Um, the next uh Part of the core that I have this week is Khalif Raymond, another wide receiver at 3,300 on the Lions. Excuse me. Um, and <clears throat> he kind of popped up late uh, last night, early this morning with the Amonra St. Brown news. <clears throat> and I think, you know, this is maybe the, call it the least um, secure of this cash game core. I think you can make plenty of arguments that Khalif Raymond is not necessarily a lock. Um, and there's plenty of other ways to go around with it. But I think this double uh, cheap wide receiver gives us some really good and fun options and, and areas to kind of pay up uh, this week as well into some of the more, um, call it higher floor, safer floor type players. Um, and so I don't really mind rolling it out this week um, with Khalif Raymond at 3300 um, Again, that price is just so low. You don't really need like a ton from him uh to to pay it off and if a bunch of people are going to be playing him as well uh then you know it's just kind of something that you do and then tennessee titans 2400 i mean their projection is popping um they really make every lineup fit i think a ton of people are going to play the titans at 2400 so i wouldn't really worry about them too much i think you just kind of play them and just go with the field there i wouldn't be surprised if they're 60 to 70 percent owned um and at that place you just kind of got to play that defense uh because if they you know if they get a pick six off anthony richardson or if they you know uh get a couple you know get a bunch of sacks or something like that <clears throat> and all of a sudden this defense scores 12 14 points and the one you pick scores four that could really ruin your sunday uh at the cash line uh okay so then after that core of five players, uh, David Montgomery, A-Chan, Wandale Robinson, Khalif Raymond, and the Tennessee Titans, I think next there's basically two different 2v2 decisions that we have to make. And we've talked about 2v2s. Um, this is a really good way to look at your cash game lineups at, like on the morning of Sunday or something like that. I mean, I, I'm not sure if everybody uses uh you know little calculators or stuff like that to try to figure out what your lineup is currently projecting um but when you put a lot of the same players in and then you just kind of compare two players uh within each lineup um that's what we kind of call the 2v2 decision and so i think the first 2v2 is at the quarterback and tight end position um and the nice thing about this is the salaries work out perfectly to where they're exactly equal um and so it makes that decision uh pretty linear and pretty straightforward. And so the first uh, the the first option would be Patrick Mahomes with the Chiefs at 8200 and Sam LaPorta with the Lions at 5000. That would be the quarterback tight end pairing. Uh, and then the second option off of that would be Matthew Stafford at 5600 quarterback for the Rams and then Travis Kelsey tight end for the Chiefs at 7600. And so 
you know, that decision right there, I think, is an important one. Um, Mahomes and Laporta gets you to three Lions in your lineup, uh, which, you know, may seem a little bit scary at first. But when you think about they should, I mean, I mean, the Lions have been playing well. They just kicked the Packers' ass last week. Um, and I think they are on a roll. Um, and they are uh, really competent offense this year. And, and Jared Goff's been playing really well. And so when you look at the three lines that you would be including, right, it's David Montgomery, who is just a no-brainer cash uh, lock. Play him. He's going to get a ton of touches, touches, probably score a touchdown. Sam Laporta has just been a really reliable tight end, uh, for, and which is really rare to see for a rookie tight end. And with Amonra out, he's probably going to be able to, you know, eat up uh, the – the zone defense there for for the Carolina Panthers um, and get some he's probably get a pretty safe target floor with Sam Laporta so I'm not too worried about that at all and then again like Khalif Raymond it's it's just 3,300 bucks like it's not like you're not taking a huge risk on on um, the the Lions there at 3,300 and so I think three Lions is totally viable but I can also see where you would want to get off of that I guess um, and then. The other option uh, with Stafford and the Ram and the Rams, I think the Rams are gonna, you know, Cooper Cup's back. Uh, we know Puka Nakua um, has been off to a crazy start this year, and then you know, Tutu Atwell and Tyler Higby are not going anywhere either. Um, and the Eagles have been really good against the run this year. They just have a crazy defensive front, but they've been pretty bad against the pass. Um, and I I think McVay is just gonna scheme it up to where the Rams are gonna be passing a lot, and they're gonna be really eating up uh, that Eagles secondary. And so I think uh, Stafford's well within the range of outcomes to get the 300-yard bonus this week. Um, and I think we could definitely see that happen. Um, and so saving a little bit of money off of Mahomes and then allowing going to Stafford and then allowing you to get up to Kelsey at tight end, 7,600, I think is pretty enticing. Um, if you look at it from a projection standpoint, like normal, Travis Kelsey is kind of above and far above and beyond uh, any of these other tight ends. And we've really yet to see the big Travis Kelsey game this year. Um, we, you know, he's still, I think, the tight end six, <laughs> um, which is uh, kind of crazy considering uh, he hasn't had a, a big outcome uh, yet. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think, and, and he missed a game too. So, um, you know, having him be the tight end six overall with with all that is is pretty impressive. And, he, and we know he's got the 25 point, 30 point, scores within the range of outcomes in that game with the Vikings should be a bit of a shootout. So that's the decision point to make their QB and tight end, in my opinion. And then uh, on the back end, uh, to kind of fill in the last two spots, uh, another pretty fun decision, I think, in my uh, in my review of this slate, uh, you've got to pick a stud wide receiver, and then you got to pick kind of like a mid-tier running back. And so uh, I think a lot of people are going to be paying up for Justin Jefferson at 9,400. Uh, and then in, in all these lineups, uh, Jefferson pairs well with DeAndre Swift at 6,000. Um, and, you know, again, like I said, this the, the Vikings-Chiefs game should be a, a little bit of a high-scoring affair. I think a lot of people are uh, in on that. Um, It'll be interesting to see what happens in GPPs where Justin Jefferson comes into GPPs and how those lineups are kind of crafted because it's going to be pretty hard to fit Jefferson and Kelsey uh, with like uh, Mahomes or, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins or something like that. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out in GPPs. But I think from a cash standpoint, I mean, Justin Jefferson, you know, is about as safe of a 
pick as it gets. And when we expect the Vikings are going to need to score a lot of points, they typically go to the passing game when that is the case. And so Jefferson, you know, should be in a pretty monster spot here at 9,400, totally safe. Uh, And then on the flip side, DeAndre Swift, you know, at 6,000 there, pairing up with these lineups that J Jeff is in. Um, I think Swift has been, you know, a really uh, great pick uh, to start the season. Um, he's had a really couple explosive games. He's had a pretty safe floor uh, and uh, he's playing really well for the Eagles. And I, I just think that's a, that's a great uh, way to look at cash games as well. Uh, if you, if you want to pivot off of this, you know, uh, two pairing, there's our the you know the next two v two decision that we have this weekend is Tyreek Hill and Joe Mixon versus Justin Jefferson and DeAndre Swift, uh, and you know <laughs> Tyreek Hill is just a man on fire so far. I mean, I think you you could argue that Jefferson's floor is probably a tad bit higher than Hill's, um, a little bit safer with Jefferson, but based on what we've seen from the Dolphins offense this year I really think you could argue that Hill's ceiling is quite a bit higher than Jefferson's which is kind of crazy to think think about um when we think of how good of a wide receiver Jefferson is but like (laughs) it seems like Tyreek Hill could score 40 points again like he did in week one and it wouldn't be really that big a deal like it would just be a little bit of a blip in the Dolphins scorecard and so um the other thing that I've really been picking up from a lot of different people around the industry this week is, you know, Tyreek Hill is set to see a ton of man defense from the Giants. The Giants blitz a lot. They don't get home a lot. The Dolphins are really good against the blitz. Tyreek Hill is really good against man. I mean, everything from like that matchup defensive scheme, all that standpoint is lining up really well for Tyreek Hill. And so I don't think it's crazy to play him in cash this week. And then if you save that 400 off Jefferson, then you can pump in Joe Mixon with that extra 400. Um, And it's a little bit more squeamish, right? It makes you a little bit more uneasy playing Mixon uh, versus like a DeAndre Swift. But I think Mixon has been um, a pretty underrated workload so far this year. He's been playing really well. Uh, getting a lot of the running back opportunities in Cincinnati. No, nobody behind him has really taken much of what uh, Mixon's production usually is. And they play against the Cardinals this week, who are really bad against the run um, and are, are giving up a lot of points against the run. And, and so, um, yeah, I don't think – I think Mixon is a great play just off pure volume alone, and we just hope that he runs a little bit more efficient and maybe lucks into a touchdown or two. Uh, to really help our cash game out there. So with this last 2v2, it seems like a lot of people are going to be playing Jefferson. And so I would just keep that in mind, right? And and um, it's a bummer that Tyreek Hill isn't in the afternoon slate because this 2v2 option would have all been in the late slate and you couldn't cut a major decision based off of that. Uh, but uh, it's just not what it is. Um, but that's all right. I think it's a uh, good... Um, Fun decision point this week. You got basically a pretty strong core that I think most people will be playing, and then a couple different decision points, a couple different 2v2s that unfortunately would probably make or break your week. But hey, that's why we play this game of cash. All right, before we head on to the GPP showdown, I want to shout out our sponsor, Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is a way to play alongside your favorite football team all season long. Underdog has introduced Scorchers, 
Go five for five in Pick'em Scorchers and enjoy a spicy 100x payout. And for a limited time, Underdogs is sending the first deposit bonus up to $500. Also, $100,000 Sundays continue on Underdog Fantasy. Ten lucky players will win 10 k each if you play the Pick'em promo on Underdog. Walk along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up with promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit of up to $500. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code SGPN. Okay, let's get into the uh, GPP flowchart this week. Uh, And, you know, I think it's kind of... uh, it's kind of a cop out to say I've been circling around the Dolphins um, stacks uh, for quite a while now. Uh, I purposely have not mentioned this, but the one week where we did have Sam Howell, I was I had a Dolphin stack uh, drawn up on the flowchart, and I swapped out of it for Sam Howell. And uh, obviously, that looks really bad in retrospect. That was the week Dolphins scored seventy points, um, so could have been uh, have a lot more money after that, but. Week five here against the Giants. We are loading up uh, for the first time this year in the flowchart. We are loading up the Miami Dolphins. Um, and so the way that we're going to do this this week, I think, is a pretty fun. Uh, there, there's a couple different options, and they're really um, cognizant of kind of ownership. And le- and so so I think the first play is, you know, Tyreek Hill. We're going to want him in every single lineup. And I think he is... Um, you know, going to be very popular this week in tournaments. I just talked about why he's a great matchup against the Giants. Um, so I think he's going to be popular. Uh, for some reason, too, I don't think it's going to be as popular this week. And it might be the price tag up to 7,100. Um, but I think just pairing Tua into this matchup um, is really smart and and a, a pretty good uh, spot to do. And you just kind of keep riding these Dolphins double stacks. Um, something that I'm... I, I think the field is coming around on, but I'm not sure if we're coming around on it enough, is pairing Tua with a running back, right? And we've seen both Achan and Mostert, uh, sorry, Mostert have huge receiving games uh, to go along with huge running games. Um, and, you know, all of that's going to be flowing through Tua if it is through the air. And so I, you know, there's some teams where it's like a little bit um, of negative correlation if you play your running back with your um, quarterback, but I think the Dolphins are not an example of this, and I'm very excited about that. And so when you look at the two options, I mean, Ashan has had, you know, the more explosive um, year so far, uh, which is kind of crazy to say when you think about Mostert having, I think he had like 38 or 42 points or something like that in week three. Um, and so it's crazy that he had that outcome, yet everybody's saying H-Han is having the better year so far. Um, but that's just because he's been very explosive, been very efficient. I think he's averaging something crazy like 11 yards per carry. Um, and so A-Chan should be pretty popular. Mostert is 100 bucks more expensive and uh should come in let's see uh, let me just check what my uh spreadsheet was saying here i think he's going to come in about <laughs> yeah third of the ownership so i think that's a no-brainer leverage spot right there for mostert um off of hn i think he's going to be i think the mostert play is going to be a, getting a little bit more popular as it goes throughout the weekend um but honestly like even if you're not playing to a um stacks or playing with tyreek like I think it's perfectly viable just to include one of these running backs in every single roster. Um, okay, so 
once you make your decision on where you want to go with Mostert and Achan, then we're going to talk through the Giants' runback options. And so um, I have Wandale Robinson, who we already talked about is going to be super popular. He's a good cash game player. I have Wandale Robinson down on the Mostert side, uh, just because that kind of combined ownership leverages out a little bit. Mostert should be less popular. Wandale should be more popular. So pair those two guys together. Uh, and then on the top side of the flowchart, on the A-chain, um, or HAN um, pathway, I plugged in Jalen Hyatt for the Giants at 3,600. Uh, I don't think anybody is going to play Jalen Hyatt, um, like anybody at all, um, but he, you know, has quietly been getting uh, quite a bit more uh, playing time. Um, they pretty much cycled out uh, Isaiah Hodgins um, and I think Darius Slayton too last week. They kind of cycled those guys out and they started playing a lot more Wandale and Jalen Hyatt. Now, of course, the Giants sucked last week, as they have for most of the season, and so it didn't really do much instead. Uh, do much from a production standpoint, but the opportunity is increasing for Wandale and Hyatt. Um, and you know, I, I think both these guys have a pretty decent ceiling on them. Wandale mostly from a catch standpoint and receptions, uh, and Hyatt more from a big play standpoint, uh, taking the top off the the Dolphins defense, which theoretically the Giants will need to do. Uh, Sergeant Stogie in the house commenting, "What if we want to play Danny Dimes instead?" I think Danny Dimes is uh, is a fine play as well. Um, it's a great GPP play because nobody wants to play him uh, after the way that he's looked. Uh, the last few weeks. And so I think Danny Dimes is totally fine. I think he, uh, what does he save you against too? I think Danny, uh, Daniel Jones is, let's see here. Sorry. 5,800. So he saves you 1300 off of Tua. Um, and I think that's fine. Like a Daniel, I, I think a Daniel Jones skinny, um, with, um, a Dolphins double is kind of fun. So like you could, literally just swap the quarterback here keep Tyreek Hill keep one of the running backs on the Dolphins and then just go uh Daniel Jones to Hyatt and Wandale or or Wandale and then you also hope that Daniel Jones you know you're, you're pairing Daniel Jones with a cheap wide receiver so you don't need a ton out of that wide receiver you, you need him to just you know have a good game and then you need Daniel Jones to probably get a rushing a, a decent rushing outcome um in order to have that high score without bringing a bunch of people with them so i think that's a great play as well good call out uh sergeant stogie okay and then the other role that i want this week is to include one jet in every lineup um which sounds you know if i if you told me at the beginning of the season that i'd be including a rule in week five to always have a jet in your lineup um I would have definitely not assumed that aaron Rodgers was hurt and we've been dealing with zach wilson for the last five weeks but here we are, and they are playing the Broncos' uh, horrible defense. The Broncos have been a sieve to pretty much everything in all fantasy points this year, and they are really uh, giving it up on the ground and through the air. And so, um, you know, I think grabbing Brees Hall or Garrett Wilson, the two most explosive players on the Jets in every lineup, is a pretty fun option, and they are um, both showing up pretty well in my sheets from a uh, call it projection value ownership standpoint all that combined into one i think these guys are both really strong plays uh i think Brees hall could get steamed up a little bit there were some uh you know quotes from robert sala this week about how he doesn't have a snap count or he's yeah he's not on a snap count anymore they're gonna be able to unleash him a little bit yada yada um and so i think he could catch a little bit steam and so um i think garrett also could, could be kind of fun 
it's hard to tell if Zach Wilson's going to play like he did in the comeback against the Chiefs or if he's going to play like he has most of the, the rest of the year where he's looked pretty bad. But um, as long as he is uh, firing on Garrett Wilson, uh, I think we'll be all right. Uh, so, yeah, so that's the that's the kind of start there. And then uh, the third column for the GPP flowchart is where we're going to work in uh, our tight ends this week. And uh, we're going to try to do the tight ends with secondary game stacks if we can. Um, and uh, I think there's some some pretty interesting ways to tackle this that provide us a little bit of leverage, um, which is, is always kind of fun. So the first uh, one that I have here is Irv Smith. Uh, on the Bengals with Marquise Brown on the Cardinals. So Irv Smith is coming back off injuries, missed the last two weeks, but it seems like all signs are pointing to him playing this week. Um, and at 3,100 with T Higgins likely out, um, I haven't seen, we'll, we'll need to wait on the injury report for Higgins. Um, it seems like things are trending for him to be out, or even if he does play, probably pretty limited, um, maybe a bit of a decoy out there. We've already seen T. Higgins play injured and have uh, pretty bad games in the past. And so I'm not too worried about T. Uh, wouldn't be nicer to see him actually rolled out, though. Um, but yeah, Irv Smith at 3,100, I think, is pretty good leverage because everybody else in the Bengals is trended to be pretty popular. Um, which is kind of crazy to think about because the Bengals have looked horrible all season and the Cardinals have actually looked pretty good who they're playing. Um, but uh, yeah, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, and then Tyler Boyd, if um, T Higgins does indeed sit are all going to be pretty well owned, all going to have uh, a, a decent amount of, of combinations in a bunch of different lineups. And so Irv Smith might be a little bit of the forgotten man. And so if he catches a few of those touchdowns that some of the other guys should get, or, you know, maybe at least one, <laughs> that is what we're, we're rooting for at 3,100. I think uh, that will be, that will look like a pretty good play and provide some leverage there against the field. And then pairing him with Marquise Brown. Um, I think this game, you know, should be a little bit of a shootout. Uh, Marquise Brown has quietly been having uh, a pretty good season so far after a quiet offseason where nobody really wanted to draft him. But uh, safe to say Josh Dobbs has exceeded expectations and Marquise Brown has been uh, playing great. So I think, um, you know, and, and we know we we know that he's got the ability to really take the top off a of defense, take the top off of a slate um, and put one of those scores where. You almost had to have it. And so uh, I like that upside there at 5,000 for Marquise Brown. He's projecting really well, um, you know, and in, in my sheet, you know, I talk about how I've got, um, you know, the dark blues, the light blues, whatever. Uh, and you want to be a blue player on my sheets. And he is a dark blue player this week that is not getting as much ownership as he probably should. Um, so we'll see how things shake out tomorrow morning. Um, the next pairing I've got is Mark Andrews at tight end for the Ravens with George Pickens at wide receiver for the Steelers. Um you know, Andrews is uh, still kind of the go-to target for Lamar Jackson uh, on and these Ravens. Um, he does get dinged a little bit this week with, um, you know, OBJ and Bateman both supposed to be coming back. Um, but the Steelers defense has just been pretty bad. And I still think, um, you know, there's a narrative about, uh, you know, Zay Flowers being the outside receiver, being able to have a good week, stuff like that, because Steelers have been given up a lot of points to, um you know, outside receivers or number one receivers or whatever you want to call it. Um, I think there's an argument to make that like Mark Andrews is still the Ravens number one receiver, uh, even though he plays tight end. And so uh, I think um, with Bateman and OBJ being back um, and all the narrative about Zay having potential to have a good week, Zay Flowers, I think Mark Andrews will go a little bit 
um, un, you know, unthought of and, and under owned. And I think um, he provides, I mean, we know he provides a slate winning score. He had two touchdowns last week. He was in the mid twenties um, for points. And uh, yeah, I just want to bet on that when there's not a whole lot of ownership coming with it and then pairing him up with George Pickens. I mean, I don't know. Again, the Steelers have sucked, um, but Pickens is explosive. We know he's going to have a big game here or there. He's going to have some amazing acrobatic catches in the end zone. Unfortunately, based on his previous tape and his previous experience on the George Pickens train, as half of those amazing catches are going to be like just out of bounds or just uh, you know not in play and not going to count. But um, I like I like making bets on George Pickens. He's a fun guy to root for on Sundays when you're. When you're flipping through red zone, flipping through channels. Um, the last secondary game stack pairing I've got at tight end is DeAndre. Oh, sorry, as Kylan Granson a tight end for the Titans, uh, three thousand with DeAndre Hopkins, uh, wide receiver for the tight uh, for the Titans at fifty seven hundred. I think I messed that up. Kylan Granson for the Colts, DeAndre Hopkins for the Titans. Um, you know, I think Granson is just kind of a close your eyes and pick it type of thing. I'm, I don't have any like crazy hard takes on this. Um, I do think Anthony Richardson is a really fun tournament play this week, and he's got a couple really uh, fun, cheap receivers this week too. Um, and so I wouldn't necessarily be willing to play Anthony Richardson with Michael Pittman this week, just because uh, he's a, you know, a little bit more expensive. But if you look at Josh Downs, who's at 3,700, if you look at Alec Pierce, who's at 3,400, and then Grant's in here, who's at 3,000. Um, they're all really cheap options to pair with Anthony Richardson. And basically what we're doing there with pairing this running quarterback with a cheap piece is making a bet that Richardson's going to kind of have the games that he's been having with a lot of rushing yards, um, a lot of good, you know, fantasy outputs, I'll call it. A uh, couple, I mean, he's got like quite a few rushing touchdowns. I don't know the number off the top of my head. Um, and then we're pairing him up with a cheap guy. And so like with that cheap player, all we need is like a touchdown. We just need Richardson to throw one touchdown to that guy. Um, and, and he'll likely pay off whatever the, that price tag is, uh, if he gets a couple more catches throughout the game. And so, um, I think that's a relatively risk-free bet because yeah, the, the 3000 guy could put up a zero or something. Um, but it's also not like there's plenty of upside there and it's not going to completely, I guess, kill you from like, if you're, you know, if you're shooting for a men cash or something, you're not going to be totally dead if the 3000 guy doesn't uh, really do too well. Um, and so I think that's fun. Uh, and then DeAndre Hopkins, uh, I think is, you know, just a, in a really good spot. The Colts have not been a great defense, neither of the Titans. I think this game's going to be pretty high scoring. Um, uh, you know, I, I think there's just going to be a lot of points and Hopkins is, just been right there with Tannehill. Um, he's been getting kind of uh, a, a huge weighted opportunity rating. One of the things that I talk about in the workload report every week, uh, Hopkins has been that guy. Um, and he just hasn't kind of put everything together from a conversion efficiency standpoint. Um, and so I think this could be the week here uh, against the Colts. Uh, so those are our kind of secondary game stacks. Irv Smith, Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews, George Pickens, and then Kylan Grants and DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, and then from there, uh, we'll kind of have some room to fill in the gap. And more than likely, you'll be needing a running back here. Uh, unless you went the Brees Hall route, then you wouldn't necessarily need a running back. But I've included mostly running backs just because I feel like it's a lot stronger running back week. And so I think um, two or even three running back lineups are 
great uh, this week and perfectly viable. So starting at the top end, um, oh, I guess I should hit on defensive options. I just included uh, the Cardinals, the Saints, the Jets, and the Patriots here. Um, those those teams are all in the uh, – let me scroll down here. These teams are all in kind of the 2,800 to 3,100 range. Um and I think though they provide you know some pretty good uh, value. I think the Steelers are fine at twenty seven hundred. Uh, I think the Colts are fine at thirty two hundred. Broncos are fine against the Jets. We know Zach Wilson sucks. So really, that that um, band of teams from twenty seven hundred to thirty two hundred, I think, is really strong this week um, and totally fine. Um, and so, depending kind of who you pick there, twenty seven to thirty two hundred range, you should have. Uh, in, in some iterations of it, like if you went with one of the cheaper tight ends, uh, you'll have the ability to get up to Bijan Robinson at 7,700 for the Falcons or Jamar Chase uh, at 7,900 for the Bengals. Uh, I think those are both uh, pretty fun GPP bets this week because they both kind of have question marks coming into the. Hmm. I think Bijan's question mark is a little bit less about you know, situation and talent and stuff like that. And it's more just about, you know, like, is he going to get enough of the carries? Um, is he going to have this explosion week? When is this explosion week going to happen? When is he going to score two touchdowns? Uh, and it very well could be this week uh, against, uh, I believe they play the Texans. Yeah, against the Texans. Um, you know, we know Arthur Smith wants to run the ball a ton. Um, we know the Falcons are not going to be great, um, but if for some reason they start playing with the lead, you expect Bijan to get a bunch of points. And even if playing from behind, um, we know he can break off some big long runs. Um, and so that's why I just like taking some bets here on Bijan before his breakout week comes because it is coming soon. He's going to be all over Twitter, all over Instagram, all over everything um, whenever that big week comes. Uh, and then Jamar Chase, he's he's coming in with some question tag qu- questionable you know, tags and, and uh, sorry, not, not actually, he's not actually questionable this week with an injury or anything like that, but there's a lot of questions around his current situation um, because the Bengals just have not looked very well this year. Um, and Burrow, uh, you know, does not look the same, but with T Higgins out, I think we see a similar game that the Bengals played. Um, I think it was on Monday night in week three, where they just scheme chase all around. He was just got a ton of catches. I think he caught, 12 balls or something like that in week three. And so I think that could be the same here against the Cardinals um, and, and, and the Cardinals defense still is not very good. Um, and so I think it's a kind of a volume play on chase. And we know he's got, when he gets a ton of volume, we know he's got plenty of yards after the catch upside, plenty of long touchdown as upside stuff like that. Um, so I, I think that's decent. And then uh, David Montgomery fits into a few of these too. And I think, like I said, like he's, he's my favorite, uh, call it good chalk play of the week. I think he's just got an extremely safe floor, extremely safe ceiling, uh, so, uh, extremely uh, accessible ceiling, I'll say. Um, and I think he should get 25 carries and a touchdown probably locked in um, if Amonra St. Brown does indeed sit. Um, the next guy I have here, I think is a really, really great option this week, Isaiah Pacheco. Um, I think he's just, going to be a little bit of the odd man out when people play this um, Chiefs and Vikings game. Um, you know, 
we know people want to get up to Mahomes and Kelsey. Um, Rashi Rice is also kind of hanging out there as a pretty good, popular, viable place. Guy Moore, people are probably going to be a little bit tied to um, as well. Just just still making some of those preseason bets and, and wanting him to pay off still. Um, and, and then, you know, we know a ton of people are going to play all the Vikings as well. And so I think Isaiah Pacheco could really um, kind of uh, um, – thread the needle here and be a really, really fun GPP play uh, that not a ton of people are talking about. Um, and, and I think, uh, you know, the the Vikings defense with with Brian Flores, um, they are a scheme it up defense, right? So they'll, they will be, you know, changing their defensive plan to try and, you know, take away from the, the team's strengths that week, right? Flores is from the Belichick coaching tree that's how belichick runs things um which is the opposite of like a wink martindale right wink martindale for the giants who are playing the dolphins this week wink martindale is kind of just like hey we're gonna play our way and hope that it pays off and uh so that's why talked about a lot of the man defense a lot of the blitzing stuff like that uh that we can probably count on with the dolphins um whereas for the vikings you know we can't really count on a scheme but you would assume that they are seeing what everybody else is seeing that the wide receiving core is not a whole lot of uh things to be concerned about and travis kelsey is obviously the target monster uh in the secondary there and so i wouldn't be surprised to see them sell out to stop travis kelsey uh which would then leave you know quite a bit of room available for isaiah pacheco because the vikings still just aren't very good defense um so i think he's just a really fun play 5700 i'm going to try to fit in him hit him into quite a few lineups um as well and then uh, Samaj P. Ryan, I have down here at 50, uh, 4,800. I think Jaleel McLaughlin also would be a viable option here at 5,000 for the Broncos. Um, you're kind of flipping coins a little bit and picking which of these Broncos running backs you think is going to get the action if Joe Bonte Williams is out. Um, I think we're still waiting on that tag to see if Williams is going to play or not. Um, and so these guys could both end up kind of going away on um sunday morning if if uh if williams is indeed active um but there's a few different pivot points at the 4800 range um or the 5000 range we already talked about marquise brown uh tank dell is looking pretty good there um tyler boyd at the running or at the wide receiver option also projects pretty well and so we'll have some options there if um these broncos guys aren't uh going to be viable anymore and i will make sure to kind of update anything you know as news drops and stuff like that i'll make sure to update it on twitter um i'll always kind of retweet this my initial flowchart post and i will um you know comment on what i think are changes or tweaks or anything like that so definitely make sure to follow me on twitter at john boy beats j-o-n-b-o-y-b-e-a-t-s uh to get kind of any sunday morning late breaking news um, so I think that about wraps it up this week. It's a really fun week five. We've got a short slate. We've got a couple of really fun game environments to try and target. And uh, yeah, thanks everybody for tuning in. Thanks for joining me this week. And I hope to see you at the top of the leaderboards. Adios.